Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored, on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. It is Monday, the 9th of January, 2023, the 16th of Tevet, 5783, coming to you on a rainy Monday morning from Jerusalem, just outside the walls of the old city of the eternal capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. Hope you are well. Hope you are safe in your part of the world. Let's get down to business, folks, on everything making news here in Israel and throughout the Middle East. Uh, JNS reported yesterday that Israel's security cabinet on Thursday approved several punitive measures against the Palestinian Authority in response to what it described as Ramallah's ongoing political and legal war against the Jewish state. The move came a week after the UN General Assembly passed a resolution calling on the International Court of Justice to render urgently an advisory opinion on Israel's prolonged occupation, their words, of course, not mine, settlement and annexation of Palestinian uh, territory. The Security Cabinet decided to withhold taxes and tariffs collected on behalf of and transferred to the PA in an amount equal to that which Ramallah paid to terrorists and their families in 2022 as part of its pay-for-slave program. An additional sum of nearly $40 million was deducted from the same PA pool of funds to be distributed to Israeli victims of Palestinian terrorism. So in other words... Israel has put a hold on the taxes and tariffs, which it collects on, uh, which is which are transferred monthly, I believe, to the Palestinian Authority, and at the same time is distributing some of that money to Israeli victims of terrorism. Now, if you remember, the Knesset had previously passed legislation mandating such deductions. However, under Bennett and Lapid, under that government. They found loopholes to delay the implementation of, uh, of the deductions. So money has been continuously going to the Palestinian Authority uh, under the previous admi- uh, Israeli administration, even though pay for slay is still official policy under the Palestinian Authority. In addition, the security cabinet also placed a moratorium on PA construction in Area C of Judea and Samaria, with a view to curb illegal building and also at the same time denying VIP benefits to PA officials uh, leading the lawfare campaign against Israel. So you have the Palestinian Authority uh, going to the UN, the UN General Assembly passing a resolution calling for Israel to be investigated, the so-called occupation, a Jewish presence in Judea. They want that investigated. So Israel for now, and I say for now, has taken this move of withholding uh, these taxes, which normally, which until now, have been turned over to the Palestinian Authority, even though it's uh, Israeli policy not to do so. So this is absolutely the right decision, bottom line. Okay, but this government should not back down and start turning over these tax revenues in the future. The last government had a habit of taking action and backing down days later. For example, following rocket attacks from Gaza, the last government would decrease, for uh, an example, the fishing zone off the coast of Gaza. They'd stop letting uh, workers from Gaza into pre-1967 Israel. And then two days later, if there were no rockets, they would abandon these moves. 
So it was a wash, rinse, repeat every single time. This government should say, until you drop pay for slay entirely, we are going to keep these measures in place. They should not back down at all, like the last government, to the Palestinian Authority. I mean, you know, I think the PA should be gone. And everyone who listens to this, to this program knows I think the Palestinian Authority should be gone. But at a minimum, at a very bare minimum, if they have their pay-to-slay program, Israel should not back down and give in, whether it's international pressure or whatnot. This government should not back down and turn over this money to the Palestinian Authority, which brings me to my second point. It shouldn't take some bogus UN vote to carry out these measures. As long as the incitement and hate runs rampant in the textbooks and in in the media, as long as the PA heads praise terrorists, and of course, as I I just said, as long as the pay-to-slay exists, this should be the policy. The last government was weak. They found loopholes. Now that we have a new government, I hope our moral compass is in order and we stick to our guns, not just because of an anti-Israel UN vote, but because of what's going on right now under our noses, namely pay to slay and everything associated with that program, the official program of the Palestinian Authority to pay terrorists and their families for murdering Jews. It shouldn't have to take a UN resolution. It should just be policy. And hopefully this government stays strong. Switching gears here, the Jerusalem Post. And this may it might have been the top story. Perhaps. I mean, I know it's front pages here in Israel and all over the world. Judicial reform, right? The reform uh, under the reform proposal under this new government, which a lot of people don't like. Okay, so the Jerusalem Post uh, mentioned yesterday around 30,000 people assembled at Habibah Square in Tel Aviv protesting. This uh, Israeli government waving Israeli flags, pride flags, and and they paraded around with a PLO flag, which many news sources, almost all of them ignored. And this is the media being in cahoots with those who are marching. They want to say that this protest was simply an expression of democracy and people uh, against this judicial reform. Right? The excuse reported by the media is they're against Justice Minister Yariv Levin's new plan for judicial reform. That is the mask. That is the excuse to get out there on a Saturday night. Uh, you know what? And maybe that's part of it. But the reality is with this protest, again, where a PLO flag was raised, in reality, these people are simply sour grapes. They lost the election and they are crying about it. They're crying about a right-wing government and they claim to be open-minded liberals but when things don't go their way they cry and they say the government is illegitimate and people's rights will be trampled blah 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 this is called the hijacking of liberalism championing free speech and then when things don't go your way you try to silence everyone who doesn't agree with you this is hypocrisy here you have from today's jerusalem post you have minister uh, from the Religious Zionist Party, not minister, rather, M.K. Simcha Rothman, on Sunday, he said, when the left is not in power, 
There is no democracy for them. The people should not decide. Only when they are in power is democracy fine. And this is the hypocrisy. And these demonstrations are political demonstrations. They are not demonstrations by people who care about the justice system. So he says flat out, he says the justice system has nothing to do with these demonstrations. And he calls out the hypocrisy. These are people who stay, who stayed silent for years when the Arabs in the Knesset served as representatives of the PLO with their incitement, bashing Israel to the world. When all that was going on, there was crickets. And then you have Smotrich and Ben Gvir who show up. And now it's time to overthrow the government by any means possible, by the way. There was one leader of this uh, movement. I don't remember if he was a former IDF head or a former, I don't know exactly. I, I can't find exactly the quote. But there was one leader who subscribes to, this, uh, to these demonstrations in the name of democracy, even though it's hypocrisy. It should be the hypocrisy demonstrations. One leader of the movement who wouldn't say no when asked if breaking the law was okay in order to overthrow this government. I don't have his name handy. You could look it up. But he wasn't some Joshua off the street. Or some disgruntled, uh, I mean, he was some disgruntled uh, ex-official of some kind. And here again, hijacking of liberalism, hypocrisy. If it doesn't go your way, then we have to, we have to shut it down. As Rothman said, M.K. Rothman said, democracy only exists when these people are in power. Then it's all about democracy, democracy. But when they're not in power, they don't see any reason to respect democracy. And li listen to the extreme. This is extremism, okay? Listen to this madness. Times of Israel and many other news sites reported this. Former Supreme Court President Aaron Barak pleaded with Justice, Justice Minister Yariv Levin to reconsider the sweeping judicial reforms he unveiled this week. And again, I, I am not an expert on, on the judiciary, but I definitely know that for years and years, the Supreme Court or the High Court of Justice here in Israel, they're, they're the ones really calling the shots behind the scenes more powerful than the Knesset, electing judges they want to elect. You had, you know, overthrowing Knesset legislation. And yes, absolutely, we need judicial reform in this country. But listen to what Supreme Court head Aaron Barak said. He said this, If putting me to death would put an end to this drastic shakeup, I'd be prepared to go before a firing squad. You talk about fanaticism and extremism. This so-called liberal judge, left-wing, open-minded, democracy, democratic, all those terms, nonsense. He is willing to, at least he says he is, he's willing to be put in front of a firing squad rather than respect the changes being made by the democratically elected government of the state of Israel. What a nutter. This is crazy extremist talk. For years, this biased court ran the show with all the power. The new government says enough is enough. And this former Supreme Court head is basically saying he'd rather die than allow for reforms. He'd rather die than have the right wing take over or have influence. What a crazy thing to say. And again, how is this? I mean, it is in the news, but how is this not top story everywhere? People going insane over this as I feel like I should and reporting this to you. These people, those who demonstrated the other night and the former head of the Supreme Court here, these people have lost it.
They've absolutely lost it. Their hate for this government is so strong, they're willing and prepared to go before a firing squad rather than this democratically elected government in the state of Israel make changes that they don't subscribe to. Absolutely bananas, folks. Bonkers, bonkers is what's going on here. Maybe it's part of the woke culture taking over parts of the world. Maybe that's what this is all about. Just absolutely nuts. Um, more uh, moves against uh, the Palestinian Authority. Janus reported yesterday. In this case, the Israeli Defense Ministry has revoked the entry permits of three senior PA officials after they participated in a homecoming ceremony for a convicted terrorist released from prison last week. Uh, so there are three officials here from the PA who went to an Israeli Arab town in northern Israel to greet. His name is Karim Yunus, an Israeli Arab jailed for murdering Israel Defense Force uh, Corporal Avram Bromberg in the Gol Heights. Hashem Yakum Domo, may God avenge his blood in 1980. This guy's brother, Maher, if that's how it's pronounced, is also supposed to be released shorty, shortly. He was also involved in the murder. Um, and then it lists here the three PA officials. I don't even want to read their names. Three, three PA, PA officials who went to celebrate the release after 40 years of this terrorist, um, this terrorist murderer. Um, so yeah, I agree. Their permits, the PA leaders who went and celebrated the release of these terrorists, their permits should have been revoked. That's fine, but it shouldn't even get to that. If this terrorist was sentenced for 40 years and the day he gets out, and this is what happened. The day he gets out, he incites to violence praises terrorists i say send him back to jail he obviously hasn't changed he has no remorse he has no regret he's proud of what he did he's being celebrated as a hero and apparently it's been going on for several days now that his home has become party central in northern israel in this arab village he is now a basically a terrorist on the loose in any sane society if a prisoner is released and he goes back to his evil ways back to jail he goes so yeah, revoke the permits, but send this terrorist to jail for life. That's where he belongs. That's where his brother belongs. Israeli Interior Minister Arya Deri uh, requested on Wednesday that the citizenship of these two terrorists who murdered the IDF soldiers be revoked. So yes, either back to jail, take away their citizenship, or send them out of here. We don't need these terrorists to be celebrated. We don't need the incitement to continue. We don't need Arabs with Israeli citizenship looking at this celebration, especially the children, and saying, wow, this is what happens if you murder a Jew. You're treated like a hero in the community. And these guys are inciting, and they should be sent back to jail. I understand they did their time. They were released. But are they... A threat to society? Yeah, it, sound, it sounds like they are a threat to society. If you incite to more, uh, more violence, more terror, then you should go back to jail, face the consequences, have your citizenship, citizenship revoked. There's no reason the, uh, they should be receiving any Israeli benefits 
being loose on the streets of northern Israel. Let's talk about the Temple Mount. So you had National Security Minister Itamar Ben-Gvir visiting the Temple Mount this past week on the fast day, the 10th of Tevet, which is a fast day we mourn the Babylonian siege of Jerusalem more than, what is it, 2,500 years ago. And National Security Minister Itamar Ben-Gvir paid a short visit to the Temple Mount this past week. And of course, the international community went crazy. The Palestinian Authority and other Arabs accusing the Jews of storming the Temple Mount. The ministers stormed, that's what they say every time, they stormed the Temple Mount. That's what they accuse us of. Do you know what storming means? Storming is incitement to violence. Jews visit their holiest site. The Arabs say storming the Temple Mount. They don't say the Temple Mount, actually. They actually call it the Al-Aqsa. That's what they say. That's incitement to violence. When they accuse Jews of storming and call Muslims to protest, protect rather, Al-Aqsa, that is usually when violence starts. That's the blood libel that's been used against Jews since 1929 and before. Accusations of storming. And ironically, there wasn't any serious violence, or any real violence, rather, when Itamar Ben-Gvir visited the Temple Mount. And I would say the reason there wasn't any violence is because our enemies respect strength, and I think they truly respect Itamar Ben-Gvir. And the same thing happened, if you remember, when the U.S. moved the embassy to Jerusalem, so many said this would cause World War III. That didn't happen. Why? Because of strength. Because you had strength in the White House, and you had strength here in Israel. There wasn't violence when that happened. And part of the story, is, part of it, it's really sad actually, is it came in the form of a self-fulfilling prophecy by, by our ex-weak prime minister, Israeli, now Israeli opposition leader, Yair Lapid, reported here by JNS. He warned last week against a visit to the Temple, might, Temple Mount rather, by Ben-Gvir, saying it would lead to bloodshed. The quote here is, from um, Yair Lapid, Ben Gvir must not go up to the Temple Mount. It is a deliberate provocation that will put lives in danger and cost lives. It is sick to issue self-fulfilling prophecies like this, almost like he's hoping something happens so he can say, I told you so. This is absolutely horrible. Now, let's remember, 31 Israelis were murdered when the Bennett-Lapid government ran the show because of weak policies and a personification of weakness. And he's going to lecture the current government. How dare he? To me, this is sick politics and an attempt at a sick, self-fulfilling prophecy. That's all this is, really. It's politics. It's politics. He's trying to win votes and trying to have people side with him and say, yeah, Itamar Ben-Gvir shouldn't visit the Temple Mount. That's going to cost lives. But exactly the opposite. When you show strength, this is the Middle East, folks. This isn't the U.S. Canadian border or something like that. When you show strength, you get respect, and people don't mess with you when you are strong. That's how it works in this neighborhood, folks. And unfortunately, our former prime minister using the opportunity to issue this self-fulfilling prophecy saying that there was going to be violence and cost lives when, in fact, that was not the case. Here's more strength from National Security Minister Itamar Ben-Gvir. 
whether you like him or not. Times of Israel reported yesterday that uh, Ben Gavir plans to cancel regulations that allow any lawmaker to meet with terror inmates or so-called security prisoners. In a statement, Ben Gavir said he informed Knesset Speaker Amir Ohana that he intends to return to, to an older protocol, according to which only one lawmaker from each faction will be allowed to visit security prisoners, and those visits would be held under appropriate supervision. He said, Ben Gvir said, it's time to stop the parade of treats for terrorists. That's what he said. So this is a good start. Enough of this free-for-all country club lifestyle for terrorists in prison who have these visits and these terrorists are sitting there and they get their PhDs and then they come out and they go back to terror. These are terrorists who should be doing hard time, not partying and having the ability to plan future attacks and getting all these visits. And of course, the fake liberals have no problem and have never said a word about members of Israel, Israel's Knesset showing up and supporting terrorists in jail. That they didn't say anything about for years and years and years. But their hate for this government and for the Ben Gvirs and the other members of this government and for the BBs and whoever, whomever else they have their, uh, their eyes on or their hearts set on attacking, that's, that's what this is all about. But so many years, it's, again, it's back to the hypocrisy story. So many years of quiet as members of the Israeli parliament showed support, Arab members of parliament showed support for terrorists in jails. So this is a good first step, and I'm sure there are going to be more steps by Itamar Ben-Gavir. By the way, I just heard that he wants to outlaw the Palestinian, so-called Palestinian PA, PLO flag. Uh, he wants to outlaw that, that flag from being displayed in public here in Israel. And people, of course, the hypocrites are, are calling for a trampling of freedom of speech and all this other stuff. But how many Jews have died because of that flag? That they don't talk about, but that I will talk about. So I think that's a, another good policy is no more of the terror flag being held at these demonstrations or being hung in different... But by the way, if you go to certain neighborhoods in Jerusalem, you see that flag hung. And I'm not even talking about Arab neighborhoods, I'm talking about uh, fanatic Jewish neighborhoods. I had a friend visit, shocked. A friend came in from Canada, he went to visit a neighborhood here in Jerusalem, shocked that some of these anti-Zionist Jews have the PLO flag hung from their balconies. Absolutely sick. And here's the, ne the next story. This is, you know, this is not the focus of the world. Israel Hayom reported that Iran executed two men on Saturday having accused them of killing a member of the security forces during nationwide protests that followed the death of Masha Amini. Remember, that's the woman. I think she uncovered her hair and was killed. And apparently these two men executed were karate champions who were forced to confess under torture. And now I did see some international condemnations, but I'm sure the world will go back to bashing pergolas, the construction of pergolas in Judea and Samaria in kindergartens, without raising a real fuss over this. Because, you know, it's Iran, and that's what they do. They killed other athletes before. They killed other protesters, trumped up charges, uh, conf confessions under torture. That's what Iran does. And the world, you know, maybe for a day, it's the focus. And then, then they'll go right on back to meeting on uh, Christmas Eve or Christmas morning, 2 o'clock, 
2 a.m., they'll have meetings to bash Israel's presence in Judea and Samaria, as they seem, they seem to do almost each and every time they meet. Whether it's the Security Council or the General Assembly or the so-called the phony Human Rights Council over there in Geneva, when they meet, they spend their times they spend their time talking about pergolas in Judea. Let's finish off on a positive note here. Let's stick it to the BDS anti-Israel haters. Israel 21C reports that anti-anxiety meds lower metastasis rate after tumor removal. Five years after surgery, cancer spread in 12.5% of patients who got drugs for anxiety, pain, and inflammation compared to 50% in a control group. The article here says that after primary colon cancer, tumors were surgically removed from 34 patients, 16 of them were given a short, simple two-drug treatment devised at Tel Aviv University that proved to drastically, rather, sorry, that proved to drastically reduce their risk of the cancer spreading, metastasizing. That's the word for it. So here's another Israeli discovery, this anti-anxiety medicine preventing cancer from spreading. So this information, this technology, this procedure, this medicine, all of that devised here in Israel, okay? This discovery devised here in Israel, this study here in Israel, if you are an anti-Israel BDS hater and you are interested in making sure your colon cancer does not spread, stick to your guns, stick with the cancer. Do not use this Israeli innovation, this Israeli know-how, this Israeli medicine, whatever it is. Don't use it or you will join the ranks of hypocrite. At least on this show, you will be known as a hypocrite. So the BDS anti-Israel haters who dedicate so many of them out there, it's unbelievable if you go on Twitter and see how many people hate Israel and want to see Israel's destruction. There are a lot of them out there. I don't know if it's in the thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions or whatever it is. I mean, we're here to stay. Don't get me wrong. But if you are true to your cause and you're going to be hating on Israel, don't use these anti-Israel meds. Anti-Israel That's a Freudian slip there. The anti-anxiety meds. Don't use these anti-anxiety meds. Stay with your cancer, okay? And prove a point that you will not give in on your views and you will stick to hating Israel. That's my advice to you. Anyway, positive news. Once again, Israel doing good for the world, spreading technologies and medicine and healthcare and agritech and all the other good stuff, spreading the know-how to the world, making the world a better place. And you BDS haters, just uh, don't be hypocrites. Stay away. That's going to do it for today. My name is Josh Haston. Thank you so much for joining us on a rainy, that's another positive story, is raining here in Jerusalem, the capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people, coming to you from outside the walls of the old city. Get in touch with me during the week, Josh at thelandofisrael.com on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. You can find me on all those platforms. Big shout out to Benjamin Bresky. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ben Bresky, engineer extraordinaire. Tabitha Epstein for everything she does behind the scenes. Uh, everyone out there in the wonderful world of ours, have a wonderful week. Be safe. Shalom, shalom from Jerusalem. All the best, everyone. Have a great week. My name is Jeremy Gimpel, and I live here in the mountains of Judea. 
And in these unprecedented times, I wanted to offer you a gift from the land of Israel. We've been here at the cutting edge of the Jewish return to the land of Israel. We've come to the place where King David first assembled his men and where he wrote most of the book of Psalms. We are quite literally transforming this desert mountain area into a Garden of Eden-like oasis. Watching prophecy manifest into reality, we felt called to reach out to the nations, to teach them lessons from the Bible in the original Hebrew, unlocking insights and understandings that you can only get if you read the text in its original language and from a Judean perspective. I hope to see you at the Land of Israel Fellowship. Shalom.